Welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse Podcast, the longest running podcast of its kind. Carrying on the 18-year legacy of Army Wife Talk Radio, we have now expanded our community to include all military spouses of all branches and all components. We are so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us as we empower military spouses to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Now, here are your podcast hosts, your Mission Mill Spouse Command Team. Welcome back, listeners. This is your Mission Mill Spouse podcast, created 18 years ago as Army Wife Talk Radio, but has since expanded so drastically that we are now serving all military spouses within all branches and all components. We're here to help you navigate military life with resources, solidarity, and even some fun. This is episode number 976, and I'm your host, Deputy Director Jolene McNutt. I'm Deputy Director of Content, Chloe Sardinas, joining Jolene today. We do our best to be authentic because, like many of you, we pursue progress over perfection by embracing the suck. We always have your back and are here to bring you the resources you need to thrive in your middle spouse life. On today's show, we're pumped to share an interview conducted by Sharita Knobloch, our executive director, as she chats with Mike Neese on SBP Open Enrollment. Mission Mill Spouse is a 501c3 organization, so we invite you to join us. Donating is simple. Check out our website, missionmillspouse.org, or if you're looking for high-impact reach, email partner at missionmillspouse.org and we'll get a personalized conversation going. We appreciate your support. Hey, Jolene, I'm looking forward to hosting with you today. But before we get too far into the show, what's new with you? Hey, Chloe, it's so good to talk with you today. Um, We are, you know, uh, for the last couple months, we've been winding down on our military life journey, believe it or not. And so my husband recently had his retirement ceremony. It was amazing and emotional, as you can imagine, and just um, a beautiful way to celebrate his career. And so now here we are heading into terminal leave, and I don't know what's next. How about you? What's going on? <laughs> that sounds exciting and scary and everything all in, in one. All the same. All the one. same. <laughs> uh, uh, we are in the midst of Getting ready to PCS and we are packing because my husband always likes to do a full ditty. So we are just going to be living in chaos for the next few weeks, Um, (laughs) probably actually for the next few months, but you know, one step at a time. Other than that, that's the best. Yeah, that's the best thing. One step at a time. That's all we have to do. (laughs) Other than that, exactly. Yeah. But other than that, just trying to enjoy the last few weeks of um, our non typical military. Terry Army job right now as he's finishing school. So um, trying to just enjoy some last minute family time before mm-hmm. we jump back into the real army. Oh, soak up that non-traditional and, and that's the right mindset. You know what? It What a gift to have that time and it'll be a new chapter, a new experience and whatever comes your way, at least you had this time, you know, together, this, this stretch and you enjoyed it. So I think that's, and that's such a good mindset. Exactly. Well, one thing I love about Mission Mill Spouse is when we get to take our uh, online or URL conversations and make them IRL, you know, in real life. So thanks for giving us a glimpse into your uh, current PCS situation, Chloe. And um, we are just rooting you on and the rest of our command team as we um, have many of us PCSing um, this summer. And so just hang in there. You'll get through it. 
Thank you. And thanks to you, Jolene. Let's keep our program rolling and welcome some of our other Mission Mill Spouse Command team members to the mic. Time to tune in to this week's Moxie Minute with Amy, followed by our top news story with Emma. Unlike our calendar plans, our commitment to serve military spouses is written in ink. Now continuing our 18-year legacy is Mission Mill Spouse Deputy Director of Empowerment with this week's Moxie Minute. Hello listeners, Amy here from Your Empowerment Team and I want to share with you an acronym that I've put together for us to think of when we hear about MOXIE. So let's start with the M. M is for motivation. Remind yourself of your own gifts and abilities and even some of the difficult times that you've overcome in the past to stay motivated to achieve your goals and navigate the unique challenges of military life. O is for optimism. Cultivate a positive outlook and focus on the good, even in the difficult times. It will take hold and help you push through. The X is for experience. Embrace every experience as an opportunity for growth and learning and use your experiences, both good and bad, to not only grow and become stronger, but to eventually help others as well. I is for initiative. We need to take the initiative to get the help we need, to make our own path, and to create the life we want. Don't wait for opportunities to come to you. And E is for empowerment. Of course, from your empowerment team. Empower yourself by focusing on those things in your life that you do have control over and making decisions that align with your values and goals. And again, use that knowledge that you're gaining to empower others in your community. So there you have it, MOXIE. I hope you can use this acronym to help you stay motivated, optimistic, and empowered no matter what life throws at you. With MOXIE, we can handle anything that comes our way with grace and strength. Until next time, MOXIE up. No news is typically good news in this military life except on the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Here is our News 6 correspondent with this week's top stories. Howdy all and buckle up for this week's News 6 update. U.S. Army aviators take a knee following a terrible month for our Army aviation involving two separate crashes and the loss of 12 heroes. All non-essential flights were grounded to reset and retrain. The safety of our aviators is our top priority, and this stand-down is an important step to make certain we are doing everything possible to prevent accidents and protect our personnel, General James C. McConville, the Army's Chief of Staff, said in a statement. During this stand-down, we will focus on safety and training protocols to ensure our pilots and crews have the knowledge, training, and awareness to safely complete their assigned mission. They could take to the air once again as soon as the retraining was finished, with a deadline of May 5th for active duty and May 31st for guard and reserve. The training focused on risk mitigation, maintenance, and flight planning. The two helicopter crashes were not related to each other, with the first happening between Blackhawks in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and the second between Apaches in Fort Wainwright, Alaska. The impact to both these communities, however, is a heavy one. The military is taking this seriously in the short reset and is making sure our pilots come home safe at the end of the day. The grounding is not unheard of and the standard procedure when training accidents hit a drastic increase. The last grounding was done by the Navy last year when three crashes happened within a week of each other. Let us hold our Army aviation community up as they take back to the skies. The best way to honor the fallen is to arrive back on the ground safe and sound. Find out more at NewYorkTimes.com. Navy Saves Americans in Sudan 
the USS Brunswick, along with unmanned United States drones, are leading the charge in rescuing American citizens from war-torn Sudan. The Brunswick is classified as a non-traditional spearhead-class expeditionary fast transport. A DoD spokesperson has released a statement that says the Department of Defense deployed U.S. intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance assets to support air and land evacuation routes, which Americans are using. It has moved approximately 300 people from Sudan to Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. The journey took about 12 hours in total. The USS Lewis B. Pooler is also on the Red Sea, standing by to give aid. This brings the total of Americans seeking refuge after fleeing Sudan to around 1,000. The past few weeks have been rough for the country of Sudan, as the Sudanese Armed Forces and the Rapid Support Forces paramilitary group, led by rival commanding generals, have been fighting with little regard to civilians and the casualties left behind. Rescue efforts are still ongoing, and our brave seamen are working hard to save American lives. Find out more at NBC.com. Flex that FICO for free. There's a new legislative proposal up to bat that would provide free credit monitoring for military spouses and other family members. Active duty service members have enjoyed this perk for the past five years as part of the Fair Credit Reporting Act. This amendment being proposed to include family members is being spearheaded by Senator Tom Carper, D. Delaware, Senator Amy Klobuchar, D. Minnesota, Senator Kevin Kramer, R. North Dakota, and Senator Steve Daines, R. Montana. This amendment would also include National Guard members. This service roughly costs $30 a month out of pocket and would be a welcome way to monitor family finances without an added price tag. We owe it to our service members and their families to make sure that their financial well-being is protected while they are protecting our country at home and abroad, said Carp in an announcement about the proposal. Military families are often more vulnerable to cybersecurity breaches, which can expose personal data like sensitive financial and identification information. So this legislation is also being endorsed by TransUnion, which is one of the three reporting agencies in the U.S., the current law provides a safety net for most, but not for all, of our uniform services as we would intend, said Jack Dutel, president of the Military Coalition, in a statement provided in the senator's announcement. The key to oversight is to expand the current law to include all service members, a course of action TMC has long supported. We appreciate that this legislation also expands credit monitoring coverage to spouses and dependents of uniform service members. While I'm no finance guru, I appreciate any help I can receive, especially when it's free. Thanks TransUnion and our legislators for acknowledging that an important part of our soldiers' financial health is that of their dependents. Today in history, on May 8, 1886, the first Coca-Cola was sold. Originally meant to be a tonic to numb nerve pain, Colonel John Pemberton originally hoped it would be an answer to his and many other Civil War veterans' morphine addiction. It was first sold at his store, the Pemberton's Eagle Drug and Chemical House in Columbus, Georgia, under the name Pemberton's French Wine Coca Nerve Tonic. When Georgia tightened its prohibition laws against alcohol, the wine was taken out, African Cola note was put in, and Coca-Cola was born with the first bottle being sold at Jacob's Pharmacy in Atlanta, Georgia on this day. The cursive Coca-Cola logo we all know and love is Pemberton's handwriting. He sold it as a cure for many diseases, including morphine addiction, indigestion, nerve disorders, and headaches. It sold for five cents a glass. Rumor still has it that the original recipe had actual cocaine, but the recipe for this famous drink, all versions of it, are still held under lock and key. 
If you happen to be at Fort Moore, formerly known as Fort Benning, you can still see the original drugstore just minutes from base, or take the day trip to Atlanta and see the Coca-Cola Museum. I don't know about you, but I will be celebrating the day like I do most days, with a Coke and a smile. That's it for me. I'm Emma Tai with News 6, where information empowers. Thank you to our command team for going the extra mile to bring us these oh-so-encouraging and interesting sound bites each week. Now we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll hear the interview with Mike Meese on SBP Open Enrollment. We can't wait. Stay tuned. Mission Mill Spouse, formerly known as Army Wife Network, is continuing our exceptional and long-standing legacy. Now serving all spouses of all branches, we are the longest-running military spouse podcast currently broadcasting our 18th season. In fact, we will break 1,000 episodes in 2023. Don't miss an installment. Subscribe on our website, missionmillspouse.org, or catch our twice-weekly podcast on the podcast app of your choice, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. Remember, we've been there. You aren't alone. We've got your six. Hua and hello, Mission Mill Spouse podcast listeners. I'm Dr. Sharita Knobloch, your executive director, and I'm excited to be bringing you today's episode full of empowering resources. Today's guest is Brigadier General Retired Michael Meese, an accomplished author with an outstanding military career who continues to lead in military and veterans issues. Mike is the president of American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association and a specialist in veteran issues as well as veteran and military finances. He retired from the United States Army as Brigadier General after a 32-year career and has since written two books, The Armed Forces Guide to Personal Financial Planning and American National Security. He's a graduate of the National War College, the U.S. Military Academy, and earned his Ph.D., MPA, and M.A. from Princeton University. Mike, welcome to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. Well, it's really good to be here, Sharita. Look forward to talking with you. Oh, likewise. Very much looking forward to learning about what you have done, what you are doing for our community. So let's jump right in. Talk to us um, with, in regards to your current role with the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association, what is the survivor benefit plan? Yep. Uh, uh, American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association is a mouthful. We've actually been around for 143 years and we have focused on survivor benefits for uh, uh, military spouses, uh, basically, when a service member dies, how to ensure that you take care of them, and I can get into that in more detail. Mm -hmm. But in particular, the survivor benefit plan is what takes care of military spouses for retirees after they've retired to make sure that they are not financially devastated when their military member passes away. Uh, to explain that a little bit more, um, people know that after you've been in the military for 20 years or 25 or 30 years, uh, you get a pretty good pension. It's uh, mm -hmm. between 50% and uh, as much as 75% or higher. When that military person dies, that retired pay actually stops when the military person passes away. And unless there's a survivor, and before 1972, military spouses, the only thing they had to fall back on was their Social Security. 
the government passed the Survivor Benefit Plan in 1972 so that military members can pay in a part of their survivor of their retired pay so that what, if they pass away before their spouse does, uh, their spouse can receive 55% of their retired pay for the rest of the spouse's life. Okay. I did not know this. I don't, I will, I will tell you right now, I'm not super well-versed in a lot of these things because I'm still learning about it. And my husband and I, you know, we're, we're trying to be forward thinking. We're looking at these kinds of things, but that's really helpful to know about the survivor benefit plan and what that can look like and mean for the spouse when the time comes, you know, if the service member, the retired service member passes away. Right. Uh, and the way that that works, and, and we'll just use some simple math so that you can think about it. Uh, let's assume that somebody's retired pay, just literally to make the math easy, uh, the retired payment was $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person would have to put in 6.5% or $65 per month from that uh, so that the uh, spouse could end up getting 55% after the person passes away, in this case, $550. And what we find is when you take a look at that, the first decision that somebody, uh, a military family needs to make is, would my spouse be dependent upon my retired pay uh, after I passed away? And in most cases, it is true that they would be dependent upon that uh, in, uh, unless it's a case of dual military where both are getting retired pay or both have had highly successful careers or something like that. Otherwise, it is something that people might want to consider. Okay. Note to self and good to know. Let's go a little bit deeper with this. Can you provide a little bit more of an overview of the benefits it specifically provides to service members and their spouses? Yeah. uh, Primarily, the, the benefit is specifically Uh, that payment that they receive. And the real question is, well, gee, should I do that or should I not do that? Uh, Every military member needs to, uh, family needs to evaluate that based upon the age of the military member, the age of the spouse, and the relative health conditions. And let me give you two examples of where it may or may not uh, work out. Uh, I've advised several uh, female service members whose husband was much older than them, and say the husband was also in the military, uh, it is much more likely just because women tend to live longer than men do, if they have similar health, it probably makes less sense for that female military member to sign up for SBP uh, than it would for the male service member Mm -hmm. to sign up for SBP, just because of the probabilities of one passing away before the other. Okay, I'm doing I'm doing some mental like processing with that because it seems straightforward, but also a little bit complicated <laughs> of just it is. really well, really getting a hold on that. Yeah, the the other part of it is to think about it the other way around. What's the downside? Why um, the the real disadvantage? The reason why sometimes people do not opt in is, boy, I don't really want to give up that six and a half percent, and if my spouse dies before I do. They ask the question, where does all that money go? Mm. Well, all the money that you paid in, that actually is what provides for the annuity for other military spouses that are out there. And so um, you, in effect, you would end up losing that money if your spouse died first. Uh, Now, the the good news is, uh, the sad thing is your spouse has passed away. The good thing is you don't need to pay any more in 
out of your military retired pay, mm. they actually would suspend the payments for the survivor benefit plan. And then in the event that the military member got remarried, within 12 months oh. of that remarriage, they could then start the survivor benefit plan up again. And the uh, second spouse uh, that they marry uh, would then be covered by that plan. And uh, they would not be dependent, you know, they would not be uh, destitute or they would not be without funding if the military, when the military member passes away. Okay, cool. Gotcha. That's, that's really good to know. So a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned some of the changes that have happened to kind of put some of these things in order in 1972, but talk to us about what has changed recently and what's special about the yeah. current open enrollment period. Yep. And that's, this is why a lot more people are talking about SBP and why it's really important and good that you're bringing it this on mission mill spouse. Uh, not to complicate it any further, but there's also <laughs> a benefit from the Veterans Administration called Dependency Indemnity Compensation, which means if you die of a service-connected condition, you also, the uh, spouse, will get ta a tax-free payment. Currently, it's a little bit more than $1,500 per month, uh, so that, let's say, uh, we have right now a lot of Vietnam era veterans who are exposed to Agent Orange. They may get prostate cancer or uh, a disease that came from Agent Orange. If they die, their death is actually a service connected death, just as if they died in combat. And the spouse would get $1,500 in addition to their SBP. Well, prior to 2020, there would be an offset between the S the payment that you would get from the VA and the payment that you would get from the survivor benefit plan. Uh, as you can imagine, people were upset with this. In fact, they called that the widow's tax. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially by labeling it as a widow's tax, uh, Congress did not think that was a very good thing to do. And so they passed a law as part of the National Defense Authorization Act for 2020. And in December of uh, 2019, President Trump signed that so that the widow's tax would be repealed over the next three years. So right now, if any service member passes away, the widow or widower would receive the full dependent indemnity compensation and full survivor benefit plan. Because this is now SBP is more valuable than it was in the past, Congress has also specified that for the year 2023 only, the survivor benefit plan is in an open season. Um, normally, when you retire, you have a one-time irrevocable decision either to opt into SBP mm. or to opt out of SBP, mm -hmm. and you can never revisit that decision. Well, in 2023 and only in 2023, members who opted out of SBP uh, can now have one chance to opt back into it. Oh. I got you. So is that is that for like January to December or is it like a it is it, thing? Okay. it ends it, it ends uh, it ends December 31st. OK. And DFAS is just now putting out the instructions for it. And I can go through some of the details of how that works if you want. Yeah, that would be great, because I feel like it probably is going to talk a little bit, bit about like how that also impacts the current re retirees. Right. It, or like, it, yeah. It, yeah, it would. And it gives you an example of of 
the first thing for current retirees is to recognize the last open season was 2005. So when you retire, this is, you should think of this as an absolutely irrevocable decision mm. because by that standard, it won't be until sometime in 2040 that Congress might ever authorize a, a separate open uh, enrollment season. So you, your decision on SBP, you should think of as being irrevocable. If uh, you are a military retiree and you have retired, but you did not opt into SBP, you can send a letter to DFAS, the Defense Finance and Accounting Service, and say, hey, I'm interested in opting into SBP. How much will it cost me? And they'll say, well, had you opted in 20 years ago when you left the service and you'd been paying 6.5% of your retired pay for the last 20 years plus interest, here is how much the bill is for you to buy in to SBP. And um, I'll go through one example of that. We had a lieutenant colonel who retired 30 years ago. He sent the letter to DFAS, and DFAS sent him back a note that says, okay, uh, sir, you need to pay in if you want to get into um, uh, SBP, you need to pay in $180,000. Uh, oh which obviously is a huge amount. Mm-hmm. The big difference, though, is this uh, lieutenant colonel's retired pay was $6,200 per month. And so if he pays in that 180000 his widow would receive $3,400 for the uh, per month for the rest of her life. So if he dies first and she collects that money for four years and three and four months, 52 months, she actually will have made back up that $180,000. I see. And so this lieutenant colonel has to look at his age and his health, his wife's age and her health, and whether or not he can pay in that $180,000. And it may be a good choice for them to make. Okay. Yeah, I'm tracking. It's a lot of math, but I see, <laughs> I see where it's like leading and pointing and the purpose behind it. So I'm I feel like we know kind of the pros, but I'm sure there's more pros. So tell us a little bit more about both the pros and the cons of the SBP. The other advantage of SBP is uh, for a normal retiree, when you pay in, it is with pre-tax dollars. Uh, What that means is this reduces your taxable liability from your retired pay. And so depending on what tax bracket you, you are in, that can be helpful. The second thing is, and the most important, especially now that we see inflation kicking up, is every year when your retired pay goes up by the cost of living allowance, the uh, annuity to your spouse will go up by that same cost of living allowance. And a lot of people say, well, gee, if I am going to pay all this money into SBP, why don't I just buy a life insurance policy? And at AFMA, we're very, very happy to sell someone a life insurance policy. But if we sell you a life insurance policy, and let's say it's a $400,000 policy, 25 years from now, that will mostly be another $400,000 policy. It will not have grown up with inflation. So the advantages of the survivor benefit plan are really that it's with pre-tax dollars. It goes up with with inflation as the cost of living allowance uh, goes up, and it protects you no matter when you pass away. The downside is really, it is very expensive. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if your spouse dies first, 
you can't pass that on to uh, anybody else. You kind right. of lose that money. Right. So it's for the spouse only. So it's not going to be able to go to like kids yeah. or either yeah, your well, own parent or, you know, something like yeah. that. It, unlike life insurance where you can designate any beneficiary. Any now, when you, yeah. when you opt into SBP, you can choose spouse or spouse and children. But again, that's only when the children are under 18 or under 23 and still in college. As mm-hmm. soon as they age out, they um, no longer have any opportunity or possibility right. of getting any survivor benefit payment. Well, Mike, I really appreciate how you're painting this picture and being so thorough. Because again, it's it's a it's important to understand it, but it's a little bit complicated. So, really appreciate how you're laying this out for us and sharing this information about the survivor benefit plan and all the benefits that provides to the service members and their spouses. So, we're going to cut to a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back in just a few moments. But before we do, listeners, if you'd like to learn more about AFMA. You can find them online through multiple social media platforms. Connect with them on Facebook or Twitter with their handle at AAFMAA and Instagram at AAFMAA official. So that's Alpha Alpha Foxtrot, Mike Alpha Alpha. Their website is AAFMAA.com. Stay tuned for the rest of our interview with Mike in just a few moments. And after the commercial break, we're going to be going even deeper into what AFMA offers service members and their spouses, as well as getting some personal financial tips that may benefit you in your military experience. Our mission is to globally empower military spouses with resources and support to conquer adversity, foster confidence, and thrive in this military life. Whether you are an individual, a Fortune 500 company, or somewhere in between, join us on our mission. Make your tax-deductible contribution at missionmillspouse.org, or if you're a business interested in sharing your product or services with our more than 100,000 followers, email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Military spouses around the world, thank you for your support. Welcome back, listeners. We are continuing our conversation with Michael Meese, retired Brigadier General, author, and president of the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. Mike, let's jump back into the conversation. How do you know if enrolling in SPP is a good fit for a person's circumstances? Well, it really um, has to do with asking yourselves a couple of really quick questions. Would my family be dependent upon my military retirement or some portion of that military retirement if I passed away? If the answer to that is no, then probably SVP, uh, you don't necessarily need to do it. The second thing is to take a look at the relative age and relative health, where you're just doing kind of the calculation of does it make sense for uh, uh, what the probability is and you can actually contact us or contact the DOD actuary. You can Google uh, Department of Defense actuary, and there's actual tables there where you can put in your age and your spouse's age to determine what the chances are that you're gonna, your spouse will outlive you and how long that he or she will outlive the military member. And that'll give you a good idea of whether or not it's a, a good uh, opportunity for you to opt in to the survivor benefit plan. I do want to mention one other really important Mm -hmm. thing. 
is uh, that applies to an increasing number of military members. Many of us all know people who have special needs children within their families. One great thing uh, that the military does through the Exceptional Family Member Program is help us take care of special needs children. If you have a special needs child, that's about the only time when I absolutely insist that you should opt into SBP mm. because you can designate that for the spouse and child. And then when you pass away and your spouse passes away, it can go to a specially uh, designed special needs trust to help take care of your child for the rest of their life. Mm. It's a benefit that we can provide for children. <clears throat> what happens in the Department of Defense terms uh, when uh, a special needs child turns 18, they become what is known as an incapacitated adult. And this is a great way to be able to ensure that, well, after you and your spouse are gone, there's at least some funds there to be able to take care of your children, even after they become adults, if they still have special needs uh, that can be taken care of. Thank you for mentioning that, because it's something that we are very passionate about, because there are a very large number of military spouses and service members with children that do have special needs. We've had a few programs highlighting that recently with the Exceptional Family Member Program and Exceptional Families Organization. So appreciate you folding that in and letting us know that that's an exception to the and child rule that they that's for the rest of their life, not 23 and in college or 18 and up. Exactly. Uh, so appreciate that piece for sure. Let's zoom out just a little bit. And talk to us, Mike, about why life insurance protection is important for military members at all stages of their career and their retirement. Uh, it, um, it's important because obviously whenever anybody passes away, there's an emotional effect of it. But what you try to do is use life insurance to be able to ameliorate the financial effects of it. Mm -hmm. For people that are on active duty, they have now $500,000 of SGLI. And if you're single, that certainly is probably enough in most circumstances. But as soon as you're married, and especially if you have children, especially if you hope that those children will go to college and those kinds of things, if you die before you're 40 or 50 or uh, have put your kids through college, it's going to be well more than $500,000. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's really important to get what's called term life insurance for a limited amount of time. You can actually get a heck of a lot of insurance for relatively small amounts of uh, money. Uh, and that is what will take care of individuals and their families if a service member uh, unexpectedly passes away. Really important information to understand. And again, my husband and I have been talking about this, trying to, the last few years, I, I joke, you know, we're, he's well into his military career and getting towards the end of it. But some days we still don't feel quite like adults. We're like this, you know, we, such a grown up thing to be like, investing in things and talking about life insurance and making sure all that's taken care of. But it really makes us as a family feel as prepared and empowered as we can be um, with these things should something happen before he gets out or when he does transition out of service, since we're looking, right. looking towards that in the yep. relatively near future. Yep. When he does transition out of service, 
you've got the survivor benefit plan. Mm -hmm. And by that time, hopefully most kids are through school and maybe in college already. A great opportunity to take advantage of the post 9-11 GI Bill. And so you may actually need less insurance in retirement, although we still recommend that people have some kind of term Mm -hmm. insurance because that SGLI um, goes away. That $500,000 of coverage goes away when you leave the service. Um, And so we recommend that people have some life insurance coverage up until age 70 or so, because at age 70, you'll be drawing from Social Security. You'll be drawing Mm -hmm. from your thrift savings plan. You'll be drawing from 401ks if you have a job after you leave the military. And so that's really the key coverage after you retire from the military at age 40 or 45 or 50 through the end of your kind of working career, somewhere 65 to 70. That is really important to cover your family there. And it is much less expensive to get that from either AFMA or any of the other providers mm-hmm. that are out there. You, Everybody is eligible in the military if they elect to get life insurance and switch from SGLI to VGLI. They can do that right as they're transitioning out. But VGLI is, in almost all cases, much more expensive than it would be for anybody who's in fair or better health. Mm -hmm. Uh, They should really look at other life insurance possibilities, and it'll save them and their family a lot of money and get the same amount of great coverage. So on that note, let's shift gears just a little bit. Talk to us about your top financial or top personal finance tips for active service members and veterans and their families. Well, I think it's... uh, Uh, What I tell everybody is think of it as a three-legged stool. The first leg is budgeting. The second leg is savings and investing. And the third leg is protecting what you've got. On budgeting, Mm -hmm. the key is be sure that you're managing that budget and spending less than you're taking in. And um, to relate that to the second, which is savings and investing, uh, those of us that have been in the military, me for 32 years, uh, you know that every time you get promoted and about every two years, you get an increase in your pay in addition to the every year mm-hmm. COLA increases. What I always told people is, look, you've been living on the lower salary. When you get that promotion pay or that over two-year pay, uh, uh, longevity pay, save half of it, put that into savings, and spend half of it so that you uh, can certainly spend a lot more and increase your quality of living. But saving a lot of that is really important. And that way you can take care of children's college education. You can take care of having a down payment for a house, take care of graduate school if that's what you want to do, or set yourself up for the vacations and the kinds of things that you want to enjoy as a family. Fantastic advice. And a lot of great insight you're sharing with us here, Mike, about SVP and just life insurance in general, and also those financial tips there we're getting, getting ready to wrap up our conversation, but before we do, could you please remind our listeners where they can go to find more information about your mission to support military spouses? Sure. Uh, again, uh, it's at AFMA.com, A-A-F-M-A-A.com. And we also have a uh, companion site. We created SpouseLink.org, uh, which is just uh, SpouseLink, L-I-N-K dot O-R-G. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of tips there on finances, military life, other kinds of things which uh, relate to what you see here on Mission Mill Spouse. Uh, and I think the both are a great way of trying to help military families in all of the challenges that military families have 
uh, help them with their financial independence and security, which is really important. Absolutely. And listeners, if you weren't able to catch that, if you're mobile, if you're parenting, driving, listening to this, you know, when you're not able to capture that, don't worry. You can catch all of those direct outbound hyperlinks in our show notes when this podcast goes live. My last question for you, Mike, we ask all of our podcast guests this, and sometimes it's one of my favorites because it's so cool to see how each answer is so specific to each of our guests. One question we ask everyone is this, what is the one piece of advice you would give our listeners to navigate this military life with respect to your area of expertise? Uh, I think the key piece of advice that I would uh, give is um, what I just said, maintain your budget and live within your means Mm -hmm. so that you can look further out on the horizon. Everybody in the military has the opportunity to um, save enough to send their kids to college, to take the vacations that they want. They can probably do anything that they want. They just can't do everything that they want. And so (laughs) in in our area, it's being able to be disciplined enough to live within budgets Mm -hmm. and be able to uh, protect your family through insurance, uh, budget effectively, and then save and invest for the future. Uh, If... uh, I think that that's probably very important. And a sidelight to that, which also reinforces AFMA, is get some help. Uh, mm-hmm. We at AFMA, the Army Community Services for fee- people on Army bases, uh, Navy uh, and Marine Corps Relief Society for uh, Navy individuals, Air Force Aid Society. We work with all of those organizations. There's plenty of organizations that are out there that are there to help you. Uh, do not be so proud that you can't ask for a little bit of help. Reach out to us or any of those organizations, and they can help you with these difficult decisions on SBP with all the math and all that stuff involved mm-hmm. so that you can make the right decision for you and your family. I feel like that's all about working smarter, not harder, like getting those people who are experts in that field, asking those questions and letting them empower you instead of needing to figure it all out. Uh, again, my husband and I have really tried to be intentional with that because I'll be the first to admit I am not a math person. I am not a awesome forecaster, but we've linked ourselves with some professionals to kind of come alongside us to prepare for what's to come so that we can strike that balance of having some fun, really enjoying life, but also just being wise about it, how we're spending, where we're spending our money and what that looks like for our future. So, Yeah. That's exactly right, Sharita. I think you've got a good handle on it. And I think most military listeners have done that as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just so important in our in our walk. And it's it's something you have to be super intentional about because it's easy to just be right here, right now, which is a good thing, but also kind of that, you know, downrange vision of like, what is this going to look like in, you know, next year, five years, 10 years, when we get out, 20 years, whatever, when our kids are out of the house, that kind of thing. So Mike, just thank you so much for joining us today and sharing such a powerful, sharing your powerful resources with our listeners. We always want to say thank you so much for your continued service to the military community and making sure that our military families remain financially prepared for whatever's to come tomorrow. Great. Thank you very much, Sharita. Thanks again to today's guest, author, veteran, and financial advisor, Brigadier General Retired Michael Meese. We wish him all the best in his continued efforts to educate men and women of our armed forces and their families in the things that matter most, the financial outlooks. And now, 
Let's put this back over to our hosts in our metaphorical studios with their reflections on today's interview. for the course for yet another excellent interview. Thanks again to Mike Meese for joining us this week and sharing about SBP open enrollment. If you want to connect with Mike Meese, visit their website at aafmaa.com or spouselink.org and on Facebook at aafmaa trust. Chloe, what stood out to you in this interview? So I think this interview is kind of very eye opening for me. Um, I also talked about it with my husband, just Stuff we never have thought about yet. Um, I think we're still pretty early in our army career, or at least feels pretty early. I don't know, 10 years. But um, so just kind of like the whole, I, I never knew really it existed. So that was kind of um, just a, a new thing for me, which um, was kind of nice. And I think it kind of opened up conversations with my husband about what we might want to do when he retires. It is, um, it is such a, good concept to like, just, uh, you know, something to really think about and talk through with your partner and, you know, just to discuss and figure out, okay, what is our situation? Um, I think since we are there, we just literally, um, had to make this decision a month ago, maybe a little over a month ago. Um, and so we've been talking about this for quite some time and it's very personalized. We actually ended up talking with, um, some financial, um, people that we work with. And then we also talked with some friends who have been through it already. And so that really helped like us make a decision based on our personal finances, based on our current situation and be able to make that decision. And so it's a big one. It's a big one. Just, I, I mean, 10 years is probably about the right time to just maybe start having it, you know, float in the back of your mind. So you can start asking people um, that you encounter who are starting to, um, you know, move on to their next part of their life. Um, you know, Hey, what are you doing about this? And I think people are pretty open and pretty, um, willing to talk about it. That's, that's been our experience so far. Yeah, no, I agree. We, we recently had conversations about, um, life insurance and budgets as we PCS. So all of, all of those kind of come in together, come together and, um, definitely is on our list of things to talk about at our, our next quarterly budget meeting that we have as a family. <laughs> Um, I love that. You're right along Mike's top financial chips. He was like, budget, worry about your savings investing and protect what you've got. I loved his little three tips. And so look at you guys, correct. you are I know. crushing it. <laughs> I ha we always have to budget to make sure I know how much I can spend at Target. <laughs> hey, you know what? If you put it in your budget, then who cares, right? That's, exactly. <laughs> that's what matters that you, let's talk about it. Let's put it out on the table and let's account for it rather than make it, I don't know. I think- money is one of those things that can be such a, um, emotional, like it can go emotional fast in a relationship. <laughs> and so yep. I think it's better just to have it out there. That's how we are too. We're like, let's talk about it. Oh, I noticed you're spending money here. It's usually me, um, spending yep. money in these particular areas. And so, okay, let's, instead of like trying to like, be like, Oh, I shouldn't be doing that. No, let's talk about it and see like, why am I spending the money there? Do we need a new budget line for it? Okay, cool. Let's add it. So Target, I'm in for that. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> as we kind of finish, Mike's last piece of advice, that maintain your budget and live within your means is kind of what we kind of do as a family. Military life resources and great people. Two of my favorite things. Speaking of resources and people, this week's resource recon is all about 
supporting your military family, especially when you have special needs to think about. Defense Health Agency, one of our expert bloggers, shared two resources to help empower you and your family. If you have a family member with special needs or serious illness or injury, you may not know where to turn for help. Resources are available to you and your family, including the Exceptional Family Member Program, also known as EFMP and Military OneSource. You can talk with the Exceptional Family Member Program, which is a program specific to your service. It's used to coordinate assignments to support families with special needs and educational needs. For more information about EFMP, Military OneSource can help you find the local connection at your installation. Military OneSource is a hub for getting support at many levels, whether it's connected with EFMP, getting help with childcare, emotional support during deployments, relocation information, or resources. Military OneSource is there for military personnel and their families, 24-7, 365. You can call Military OneSource at 1-800-342-9647 or check them out online at militaryonesource.mil. Jolene, do you have experience working with the FMP or military one source? I, um, well, I actually, in my in real life job, not my volunteer work here with Mission Mill Spouse, I do work closely with EFMP. Um, so I don't have any personal experience with them, um, with my family, but I do have personal that I have used myself for military one source for a whole host of things. But I've um, two that I'd love to share are the non-medical counseling. And also I um, last year was looking for a new job and I put out resume after resume after resume. I mean, like an insane amount of resumes and I tweaked each one and I tailored it and I did all the things. Um, and I finally was so frustrated because I'm like, I'm not even getting a call back. Like it is crickets. And so usually at least I can somewhere along the line snag an interview. And I um, reached out to Military One Source. They connected me with their career support and um, the career counselor that I worked with, she's like, I, she like looked over my resume. She's like, this is fantastic. You're doing a great job. She looked over some of the jobs I'd applied for to see how I used the keywords. And um, it turned out um, my font that I was using on my resume. She like, she's like, you know what? I think it might be your font. I was like, my font. She's like, yeah. Have you heard of ATS? It's like the automatic system that like scans your resumes. I was like, yeah, but I was using like not a weird font. It wasn't anything strange, but it was not like one of them that it prefers. And I'm telling you, I was like, okay, I'll try it. Change the font. And I had three job interviews and three job offers in three days. It was wild. So That's I crazy. cannot say enough about Military One Source. Like definitely check them out. They have something to help you in all walks of life. Children, spouses, service member, everyone. <laughs> they are great. I've also used them for resume help and job searching um, yeah, prior great. to moving. Yeah, it yeah, was great. They, they really, it was a good experience. I'm glad to hear yours was a good one too. <laughs> mm -hmm. have, do you have any experience with either of the resources? Just military one source with job searching, but not with EFM, EFMP, um, at least not yet. Our our kiddos are still really young. So I think potentially as they get older, we might need right. some. Never, um, yeah, you never but know. Yeah. No, yeah. It's all, it's, it's great that it's, it's there to help when, when slash if we need them. Um, I know I have a bunch of friends that do get a lot of support from EFMP and are really grateful for that. Yeah, it's an incredible um, partnership to be able to have that organization. Well, I won't say even organization, but just to have that resource available. Um, I mentioned that I work with them in my current like real life job. And um, it's, it's amazing how they have been able to help families who are like 
sometimes feel like they have nowhere else to turn. They don't know what else to do and how they can just be like, okay, let me work with you and we're going to figure it out. We're not going to let you like leave you hanging. They're really, um, a really great organ, you know, like resource that's available to us. And I think sometimes it gets a stigma. It's like, oh, special needs or, oh, you might not be able to get to your dream, uh, you know, location. But I also think that how amazing that this resource is there to say like, okay, what can we do to help you navigate and reach career goals, but also um, be able to help your family get what they need. And I don't know, I think it's something that worth checking out and worth uh, chatting with them on. Definitely. Well, I'm so grateful uh, for the ways that Military One Source um, has supported me during my husband's military career and how I've been able to witness EFMP just um, help families over the past you know year that I've had this job. Um, it's, it's just amazing that we have these resources available and that we should be using them. On, um, on to our final fantastic resource for today's episode. It comes from our Director of Empowerment, Amanda Bickneys, with her exciting Empowerment Patrol report, which showcases our everyday empowerment recipient. Let's listen in. We here at Mission Mill Spouse never doubt the strength of our military spouse tribe. Here is our Director of Empowerment with this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Hello, Mission Mill Spouse listeners. This is your Director of Empowerment, Amanda Bickney, bringing you this week's Empowerment Patrol Report. Today we are showcasing our everyday empowerment recipient, the nonprofit organization Mission Alpha Advocacy. Powered by volunteers, Mission Alpha's purpose is to push legislative and policy changes for military families living with disabilities and special needs. They work with military leadership, providers, organizations, industry experts, and legislators to help those families with exceptional needs gain access to better health care benefits. They've got several initiatives set for 2023 to help streamline the referral process and to ensure autistic beneficiaries have quality access to ABA services. The volunteers of Mission Alpha Advocacy are passionate about empowering military families with the knowledge to self-advocate for world-class health care and quality of life. On behalf of Mission Mill Spouse, Thank you so much to Mission Alpha Advocacy for doing your part to empower military families all across the globe. Until next time, I'm Amanda Bickneys reminding you, empowered spouses empower spouses. Here at Mission Mill Spouse, military spouses are our primary focus. We have more than 2,600 blogs with topics including PCS, parenting, career guidance, humor, deployment, and more. Whether you're dating a service member, have just said I do as a new spouse, or are a seasoned spouse with a whole collection of PCS stickers on your furniture, we have something for you. But hey, don't just take our word for it. I'm Lindsay, and when my husband joined the military, I was completely lost when it came to assimilating to military life and culture. This organization made me feel like I had support, a new community I could lean on, and equipped me with invaluable information about military spouse life. Tap into all of our empowering resources at missionmillspouse.org or follow us across all social media platforms at Mission Millspouse. Congratulations, Everyday Empowerment recipient, Mission Alpha Advocacy. We'll be in touch soon. Thanks for your empowerment within the military community. As they say, time flies when you're empowering military spouses. As we near this episode's conclusion, please note that we drop not just one, but 
two podcasts every week. Tune in each Thursday for a shorter version of our podcast when our command team members get personal and chat about their lessons, lives, and and challenging moments within their military spouse lives. Mark your calendar for our next full-length episode when we chat with Sarah Otto from Ohana Homefront Foundation. It's going to be another great addition to our extensive podcast archive. As we wrap up, if you would like to support our mission, please consider donating to our cause. We are a 501c3. Contributions are tax deductible. Also, we invite you to consider joining us on our mission in other ways. If you have a resource that applies to military spouses, inquire about being a guest on our podcast. Our season books up quickly, so don't wait. Email hello at missionmillspouse.com or send us a direct message on any social media outlet. Whether you're stateside, overseas, or temporarily living in a hotel with your service member, two dogs, a cat, and three kids, please remember that we're here to help you navigate your military life journey. We're cheering you on. No matter what you're facing, we want you to remember, we've been there and you are not alone. We've got your six. This is your Mission Millspouse Command Team signing out. Thank you for tuning in to the Mission Mill Spouse podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your tribe and leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app of your choice to catch episodes that drop every Monday and Thursdays each week. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Mission Mill Spouse. Snag some sweet freebies by signing up for our newsletter, The Sit Rep. And finally, if you'd like to join us on our mission to serve military spouses, consider making a tax-deductible donation on our website or email partner at missionmillspouse.org. Mission Mill Spouse, empowering you to navigate this military life since 2005.